Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Where Your Dreams, Season 2, Episode 5. You got to just put it out there, what you want to do. I mean, you got to just talk about it, whether it's with like your best friend or your therapist or someone at the bank. Like, I I don't know. You just got to start to say like, this is what I'm doing. Because as soon as you start to project talking about what you want to achieve, and if you're not, you know, really open about what your goals are, people don't know how to support and how to make referrals. Hey, dreamers, you are listening to Wear Your Dreams, an amazingly inspiring podcast where we speak to the coolest girl millionaires, girl bosses and fashion entrepreneurs. If you have ever dreamed of creating your own business, then this podcast will give you all the tips, advice and inspiration to make it happen. Let go. Are you interested in starting a fashion brand? Well, WYD School is the new digital school for fashion entrepreneurs. Sign up to receive your free business consultation call for your new fashion startup at bemigirl.com forward slash WYD School. That's G-B-E-M-I girl.com forward slash WYD School. Lego. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to episode five of season two. Now, I'm so excited for this show, as I always am. Today, we are speaking to Chelsea Matthews. She is a marketer and a female entrepreneur of Matt Black. Um, And to be honest, it was completely awesome speaking to Chelsea. She just really kind of says it as it is. Her story is one that I love. You know, she was working in corporate. She was kind of feeling the itch, feeling the entrepreneurial itch. She knew it was time to start her business. And so she really speaks about her journey and that transition from kind of working that nine to five, then launching her own business. And she gave some really, really good tips about that, which I absolutely loved. We also delve quite deep into her expertise as a marketer. And she gives some awesome tips as to what we should be doing as creative entrepreneurs with social media and what should we should be really paying attention to. So that was really, really interesting. And it was quite cool to really get an insight from her perspective on marketing. Um, I know you guys are going to love, love, love this episode. It was really refreshing and inspiring to hear Chelsea's awesome story and how far she's come in building a team of, I believe, 10 people. She 
she's got an office in LA um, and you know it just seems like her business is growing her business is flourishing and she's absolutely passionate about what she does um, and yeah it's wonderful to see um, so yeah let me know what you guys think and just to add there were a few kind of sound glitches within the show but please try to kind of listen over them as there's so much value in this interview so I'm going to go into the show but before I do actually make sure if you haven't already you subscribe to the show so that we can be easily found so subscribe 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 and I'd love to know what you guys think bye guys Hey everyone, welcome to Where Your Dreams. I'm Alice Aluiton, founder of BEMI, and today I have a very special guest. I'm talking to Chelsea Matthews. Now, Chelsea Matthews is the CEO and founder of Matt Black, a culture marketing firm based in Los Angeles. Chelsea has been in social media marketing for over five years and has spoke at conferences such as Internet Week, Social Media Week, and Swim Lessons. Some of her clients include Core Power yoga, VW, Tom's and many more. She was recognized as a tastemaker to know in the Dell Inspired 100 campaign and has been spotlighted in the Huffington Post, Phone Magazine and on YouTube's The Stylish. Chelsea, welcome to Where Your Dreams. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, I've said a very short intro about you. So could you tell us a bit more about yourself and personal life so we can really get to know you? Yeah, definitely. Um, So I'm originally from San Francisco, Northern California. Um, I currently live in Los Angeles and I've been here for almost 10 years, which is kind of crazy uh, to think about. But I've in some ways kind of graced, you know, north to south of California because I lived in San Diego for some time um, when I was in college and at university there. Um, And then I actually did a short stint in London, um, lived there for about six months. Um, and that was how I, my now husband and have recruited him over to this side of the pond. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. So, um, I, like I said, I've been in Los Angeles for about 10 years now. Um, originally, uh, you know, kind of started foraying into my own business, um, about five or six years ago. Um, and so that has like since kind of really developed and progressed, um, over the last few years. Um, so that's, that's a bit about, you know, me today. Um, we're currently, uh, a team of 10 here in Los Angeles, as you mentioned, um, Matt Black is, is us and we, you know, kind of position ourselves as a culture marketing firm and we get to work with some really exciting brands from, you know, really recognizable companies like OPI nail polish, in case Tom shoes, um, to, you know, a lot of really cool up and coming brands, um, in, in so many different industries from fashion to beauty, food, tech, it's kind of all across the board. Yeah. And so Chelsea, tell us kind of about the beginning, you know, of your um, career. How did you get into marketing? Yeah, you know, my foray into marketing actually started um, originally in offline. So I was I was doing a lot of events um, and event production, event marketing in the fashion sector. Um, that was actually kind of uh, 
primarily due to the fact that social media wasn't really around at that time. I think we had MySpace and that was like really solely utilized by people as individuals and not really being leveraged by brands at that time. So it was a really interesting time in, in how brands um, were marketing and really they were putting a lot of their dollars into, you know, events and these kind of offline opportunities to connect with, you know, their, their consumer audiences. So um, that was really where it started. And I spent my first probably three years in LA um, working with brands from, you know, Diane von Furstenberg to Tibby to Chloe um, producing events. And then that kind of started to segue into trade shows. Um, mm. And doing trade shows kind of exposed me more to the business side of the fashion industry. Um, I met a lot of really interesting people and companies and brands. Um, and did that for about two years. And then it was around that time that social media started to become more relevant. And really, it was just kind of Facebook and Twitter. And so um, I started to pay attention to it. And I got, you know, kind of um, interested in, in learning more about it and, and trying to like delve in. So I started to kind of um, experiment a bit, you know, with the brands that I was working with, but then kind of really um, uh, net- using my relationships and networking with all these people that I'd met over the years to position myself as a potential um, social media freelancer. So it was really kind of jumping into another pond, but I saw that that was where kind of dollars were going and where people were spending um, their most time and energy trying to understand that space. So um, that was kind of how I segued into the digital world from kind of the offline event world. Yeah. And were you kind of self-taught with social media or did you kind of do any courses or anything like that? How did that whole, that whole kind of learning aspect work? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to say, but then there really wasn't any courses, you know, it was, it was fully self-taught and, and, you know, there were, there was starting to become more, um, you know, digital marketing agencies. So I started to kind of, you know, connect with people in that realm and just kind of absorb as much as I could. I remember in the beginning, I was like, what are all these crazy, you know, jargon words that they're using? Um, so I just kind of tried to, to be a sponge and soak it up. But ultimately, I mean, it was like the wild, wild west back then anyway, when it came to social. So I think everyone was still just kind of trying to figure things out. Um, and so it was just a lot of experimenting, you know, Mm. And tell us how you started Matt Black. What was that kind of transition like once you kind of were working in events? How did that, um, how did you get the idea to start Matt Black? Yeah, well, actually, um, it came a little bit more out of necessity than, Mm. um, than I would, you know, probably have originally jumped into it. But ultimately, to give a bit more background, I actually started another agency um, prior to starting Matt Black. And that happened very holistically. So, you know, if I reference back to when I started freelancing and um, taking on clients and social media projects um, around that same time, I'd met someone who was also doing doing the same thing. Um, and we kind of started to identify an opportunity to work more closely together and potentially like pool our clients and start to kind of, you know, create something of an agency, but kind of in a scrappy way. Mm. Uh, and that started to build itself over, you know, the course of two years or so. Um, and then we kind of decided to part ways for just a myriad of reasons. Um, and so that was kind of where Matt came honestly, like I, there were some clients that I was going to continue working with. And so I knew I immediately needed to create, you know, a a company that they could live under. I had already spent the last two and a half years, um, kind of building an agency brand. And so I definitely knew, um, 
what I wanted to do for the most part going into a new one, but I was kind of like, Oh my, it was kind of a, you know, a moment of being like, Oh my gosh, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it really kind of came out of a place of necessity, but fortunately for the first, you know, six months of starting Matt Black, I, I had, you know, a client base and it was just a small group of three clients. And so I, I'd already been working with them for some time. So I wasn't like fully in the dark, but it allowed me a little bit of time to just figure out, how I wanted to position what we were doing and how we could be different and how I could do this for myself, um, as opposed to, you know, with a partner. So that was kind of honestly how it started. Yeah. And, and can you sort of comment on that transition of working from, for someone else and then kind of starting your own business? How was that kind of process for you? It was amazing. I mean, I think it was, um, always, in the cards in some way. Um, I grew up, both my parents have always, um, had their own businesses and run their own businesses. So it was what I was always exposed to, um, in my childhood. And so I think for me, it was just always, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, it's just a matter of time. It's just when, you know, and what and whatever. And, um, so I think, you know, I, I was feeling really stifled in my job, Mm. um, and just kind of bored and, not creative and all the typical things you hear from people when they say that they you know, <laughs> want to kind of jumpstart something yeah. different. I was basically yeah. all of those things, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I'd spoken to my husband about it and I was like, I want to go on my own, like, you know, whatever. And he's like, okay, this is what you need to do. You need mm-hmm. to sign up for clients at this retainer amount and know that, um, one of those clients is always going to be revolving. So you'll always know that you have a base of three clients that are going to support revenue, you know, at this stance. And that way, you know, you're making what you need to make from a salary perspective and more, you can get into an office space, things like that. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do it. And so that helped give me, I think like a little bit of a, like, I guess a kind of the goals or a framework that I could push myself towards and try to essentially like prove to him that I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. And then you just kind of fast forward like three or four months. And I, I think I ended up with three clients, but wow. there was like a fourth, like small project and, and I did it. I just like made the leap, you know? Yeah. And what was the kind of most difficult part? Would you say? I mean, the most difficult part is selling yourself, you know? I mean, it's like when you're used to working for people, it's very, it's, you're given all the tools, you know, and you're given the, the kind of positioning that you're supposed to, um, you know, emulate for them and and speak, you know, from and things like that. So I think the hardest part was kind of being like, Hey, like this is what I'm doing and you need to get on board with it, you know? And, and I think really it comes down to relationships at that point, you know, people who know your work and know your personality and, understand your vision and would kind of be like, cool, like I'm down to go on that ride with you, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that was the hardest part is just like having, having the balls for lack of a better reference <laughs> to just like, you know, set up those meetings and, and call on friends and people that I know and just be like, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Can I, yeah. can you carve me into your b- budget? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, um, well, what's a typical day for you, um, like now, kind of now that you've, how long have you been, um, how long has it been with Matt Black now? It's been just over three years. Uh, and I would say, you know, I mean, 
a typical day now is very different because I just had a baby five months ago. So oh, congratulations. That, thank you. That boy or girl? A little boy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's sweet. Um, but that definitely threw a wrench in, you know, what I used yeah. to do. This. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but a day-to-day life, I mean, it really, um, you know, it's, every day is a little different. There's definitely, you know, a lot of travel. I would say like every day starts with coffee um, and most days end with wine. <laughs> and um, we, yeah, we, you know, we have a, an office in, um, you know, an area called Culver City in, in Los Angeles, which is a really kind of creative pocket um, of, of, the, of the city. Just a lot of great, um, interesting companies and brands. And um, yeah, so it's a lot of meetings, calls, emails. Um, we also have a production studio. We shoot a lot of content, um, from, you know, photography to lifestyle to video. Um, so there's days, you know, when we're on shoots somewhere or shooting in studio or stuff like that. So every day is like a little different, but you know, there's, there's always the core things that you got to tackle. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and now we're going into what I call the dream talk round. I, I love to sort of ask this question. So could you um, tell us a story of a time within your business when you literally felt like, wow, this is a dream come true. I'm literally living my dream. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've had so many of those moments um, in like really different ways. You know, I think that um, I think there's like, there was a moment when we had our first, um, team vision day. And I think that that was something that, um, I felt really excited about one because, um, it's, it's exciting to collaborate with your team, whether you're two people or 200 people, um, on the direction and vision of the company and open that up to be a really collaborative process and to learn about what people, what other people see for the development um, of the company and and where they see their roles fitting. And also um, even just kind of planning for that day, like putting together those presentations of like, this is our org chart today, but this could be our org chart in six months. You know what I mean? And like really kind of dreaming big as a team, like who are our dream clients? Who would we want to work with and how can we work with them? Like, let's think of an idea on how we could, you know, pitch them and win business. And that was a day when you just kind of like, you know, and we actually just had our, our one for last year just recently. And it was like, our team was twice the size. And I don't know, I feel like that was a moment where it's like, you know, this is cool. Like, it's not just me. Like there's a lot of people here who are passionate about what we're doing, Mm -hmm. um, and are passionate about seeing growth. So it's like, that was kind of a, a dreamlike moment. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And what would you say your ultimate dream is? Um, ultimate, (laughs) ultimate, ultimate, my goodness. Ultimate for me is probably two different things. Mm. One would be, um, in some way creating and developing our own product. I don't know what that is, but we literally market to, we market products all day long. And so there's no reason why we couldn't develop something on our own and really like get experimental, um, and, and kind of, you know, create something that's special in ours. So that's, that's one thing. And I think the other, um, is, you know, 
enhanced travel. I, you know, you could look at like for, for like a lack of a cliche statement, but like the Richard Branson's of the world and just mm. kind of how they've created this, like this world for themselves that is really, um, exciting, you know, and, and really kind of jet set and really, um, collaborative with companies and people around the world. I think that's something that ultimately I would, I would love to see. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing, Chelsea. I love that. Um, And now I really kind of want to delve into your success as a marketer because a lot of our audience are creative entrepreneurs. So I'd love to get um, your tips on, um, for example, what's your thoughts on um, creative entrepreneurs building a community and a tribe? You know, this is kind of something we hear often within the digital world. And I'd love to kind of get some more insights onto what you're seeing within tribe and community creation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, a perfect example is that that is even, you know, how Puno, who you previously interviewed, Mm -hmm. you know, connected me with you and how these things kind of unfold. Like, I think that it's really incredible to see how like this kind of community of entrepreneurs, whether, you know, small business, big business, freelance, whatever, are really like, to, to use your terminology, like becoming a tribe, like we're all very um, hospitable with contacts and um, resources and ways to scale business. And I just feel like um, it just, it makes you feel like you're not alone um, in what you're, in what you're doing. And I think that also it's great to see how, how many resources have been, are really scaling out there for this, these kind of communities. Like I met Puno at this thing called the unique camp, which was, you know, really marketed towards small business owners and people um, in that whole world. And, you know, you meet 150 new people and you develop relationships there, or you can look at really big organizations like summit who are doing those things on a multitude of different levels. So I, I definitely feel like I've seen, um, or maybe it's just because it's become more relevant to me, but I've seen a, like, a a growth in these kind of creative experiential, um, adventures that like connect people in those kind of environments. So I I think that that is definitely supportive for anyone, whether you're just starting out and you need to expose yourself to these kinds of people or you're 10 years deep in business, you know, Mm. what kind Mm. of trends are you, um, would you say you're seeing within the kind of digital marketing space? Is there anything that as creative entrepreneurs, we should be paying attention to? Um, there's so many different things. I, I feel like this is going to sound, you know, really kind of antiquated, but mm. I, I still see email marketing as a primary channel, um, for, for growth and development for most brands. And again, I'm coming from this, from the lens of like a brand or product, um, who's looking to, you know, maybe drive a sale or something like that. But ultimately I think it's like, there's been so much weight and attention on social media the past few years. And there's so many people who have like really carved out big pieces of their budget towards these things when ultimately, like, unless you have a multi-channel approach to your digital marketing, you're going to put all your eggs in a basket. That's not going to deliver. Social media is just one piece. It's just one channel. Um, and unless you're talking about things across other channels and building audience through different verticals, you're going to be talking to a really small audience potentially. So, um, I think what I'm, what I'm starting to see is more people come to the table, like being like, okay, it's, 
we get socials important and we want to be doing it, but like, mm-hmm. we need something bigger. We need something that's like, like what's the full picture here for us from a marketing standpoint. And so that's really refreshing for us to be seeing. Mm. Okay. And so in terms of for a, say there's a new um, brand, a new fashion designer coming up, what would you say in your opinion is sort of the most effective way to market your brand on social media? Is it something that, you know, you should be paying attention to from the get go or does it really just depend on the product? What would you, what's your kind of views on that? Yeah. I mean, I think it ultimately really depends on the product. Um, Mm. But I think that, you know, it's all about the quality and caliber of your content. I mean, Mm. I think that that's that's your first impression. Mm. So if you don't have that in a good place and you're not investing, you know, time, energy or resources, if you have them into getting really high quality, beautiful photography, video, GIFs, et cetera, like you're already kind of setting yourself out for a little bit more of an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of social media is it's an ongoing visual narrative, you know, so you, you have a new piece of your story to tell every single day and you're going to run dry if you don't really plan that out appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to kind of echo on that too, I mean, using, you you know, Puno with people map and made with map as an example, um, having like the tools and resources to really understand how to build a community that's strategic and not just about the numbers, um, is also, you know, a really important thing to, to pay attention to if you want, if you want it to be successful. Yeah. And um, I'd also, I'd just love to hear, you know, a story from you of a client that you've worked out and how you kind of, an example of how you made them stand out uh, within a particular campaign. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's so many different, different examples. I mean, ultimately, um, one brand that I've touched very closely from the beginning because it's my husband's company is a juice brand called Juice Served Here. So um, I tend to kind of fall back on that one, even though it's not the most recognizable of companies. Um, it is one where we've been able to really drive that positioning from the beginning and experiment with campaigns and things of that nature. And mm. um, it's one of our most successful brands too, in terms of uh, user generated content and people kind of sharing um, photos at a rapid level. So you know, a campaign we did with them, which was really great, was this um, kind of, the brand is called Juice Served Here, and it's it's constantly kind of referred to as JSH, um, like within the community. And we did a JSH daily ritual campaign where for every day for 30 days, we gave away um, a $50 gift card to someone at random for every single day. Mm. And the call to action on that was that they had to post a photo with the juice um, using the hashtag JSH daily rituals. So they were showing you how they integrate juice into their daily routine or da- daily rituals. Um, and it was a really simple ask. And ultimately like you could see, you could see a lot of engagement from that, or you could see five people who do it. Mm. Um, but it really like from the beginning, we had some really thoughtful people who created beautiful content. Like some of it was incredibly creative. Like I, I don't even know how they thought of these things. Yeah. Um, but that was, it's kind of started the trickle effect to where we would be getting, you know, on, on, on good days upwards of like 50 people sharing photos, um, using the hashtag. And, and it just, it was, it was, it wasn't even as much about the quantity of posts every day. Um, it was really about the quality of what we saw come out and like was one of the first exposures for us as to like how creative this community was that we were building. 
Um, but naturally, you know, we got a lot of impressions from it. We saw a lot of growth on the channel, like all those, you know, kind of traditional KPIs you look at, um, with yeah. any sort of campaign. But I think it was one of the first moments when you were like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like mm. people care about this brand, you know, and it was probably only like six months in the market at that point. So, um, that, that's when I kind of like always remember, you know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes you can do a campaign and it kind of, you know, falls flat. And sometimes you do something and you're just like surprised by the community and what, what they give you. So mm. I'd love to know, Chelsea, can you kind of speak us through, you know, your process? Say you do get a, a, a campaign or a new client. What's that process like coming up with the ideas um, that you're going to use for the campaign? I'd love to hear a bit more about the kind of creative process. Yeah, um, we will typically always start with a, like a team meeting. So if we, you know, kind of bring on a new client, we will try not to get too tapped into what they've got going on with the exception of any like high level important things we need to know. Rather, we kind of want to sit down and like dissect the landscape and understand like what's going on and think about, you know, kind of the formulas and things that we've done before that have been really effective. But um, we'll all kind of like come to the table. Um, the whole team will will group together and we'll, you know, spitfire ideas and write them down and just kind of have, you know, a one hour creative brainstorm. And then from there, you know, everyone kind of has their individual roles and, you know, quote unquote specialties within the company. And so they'll kind of each, you know, carve out that piece of the strategy. Mm-hmm. Um but really, like that's it's it's a really collaborative um, and an honestly really ongoing process. You know, I think yeah. the first part is like creating the strategy and pitching it to the client and things of that nature. But ultimately, we're creating so much for clients, like mm. every single day at this point, that it's like every week we're you know kind of tossing around new ideas for mm-hmm. things and picking up insights on something that's happened, you know, in, in the digital world that we're like, Oh, this could be really cool to kind of, you know, emulate in a, in a different way, you know? So that's kind of, that's kind of how we work. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and now I'm really excited about the next segment of where your dreams, as we are going into what I call the triple love round. And I'm going to ask you three questions about things you love and why. So the first question is a book you love. So it's a book called Steal Like an Artist, um, and it was written by Austin Kleon. Um, Really good book. It's, like, very easy read, very visual, um, inspiring in terms of ideas. Like, it's just a a good read for anyone in any sector. I love the name, Steal Like an Artist. Very cool. (laughs) Um, And now a quote you love. Um, there's no I in success. Mm. Could you speak us through what you love about this quote? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a play off the whole, there's no I in team, um, which, you know, I feel like is, is really kind of harps on that in the same way. But ultimately for me, um, I feel like the success that, you know, I've seen in business or just in personal life or any kind of sector is never done alone. And it's never done without, um, kind of the creative input and, you know, challenging of ideas and, um, I guess kind of just like the group process is what we, is what I can appoint most successes I've seen in life too. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I couldn't necessarily sit back and be like, oh, that, that success was entirely due to me. Like someone has influenced you in some way. Mm. Um, so that's, that's kind of why it resonates with me. Awesome. And, and now a inspirational woman you love. Um, man, I feel like there are a number of them, but one, one woman, um, she's actually an interior designer called Kelly Worsler. It's kind of a random, um, source of inspiration, but I think that she, I was always really inspired by what she did. Um, like her work, her like diversification of channels in her business from, you know, product to design, to publishing books, to partnerships with chocolate companies. Like it kind of goes, you know, all across the board. Um, so I've always really, you know, kind of kept tabs on, on what she's done and kind of how she's really diversified her name Mm. and her career. Mm. Awesome. And guys, you will find all the show notes and info about Chelsea on our website at bemigirl.com. That's G-B-E-M-I girl.com. And also Chelsea, we have been asking our audience a question to see if there was anything they wanted to ask you. And we did have one question from Chloe and she asks, can you give any advice for new entrepreneurs that are building their team? Yes. Definitely. Um, I would say that you're never too small to act big um, when it comes to building your team. I mean, I know that in the you know early stages, my first employee was um, you know kind of paid on like an independent contractor basis because I didn't understand how to do payroll or um, manage any of that. Um, Luckily, today, there are so many crazy resources out there. Um, Things like, I mean, I don't know about in the UK, but here we have a platform called Gusto, which runs all your payroll for you, and Zenefits, which is basically like a digital HR. Um, So, you know, it, it only took like a few months to figure out all the resources, and it was like I was doing payroll, and she was doing PTO tracking, and putting together an ops manual and all these things that feel like, you know, is this silly when there's only like two or three of us, but ultimately you need to make them feel like, like they've got, like there is a direction and a backbone and, um, there is some structure and those are like the small things I think from a team standpoint, um, that definitely make them see that there's something bigger happening if that's your intention. Yeah. Um, I think the other piece of like starting to build your team is just to be really aware of like constantly asking them what they see for themselves moving forward. I think it's really telling, um, to just kind of touch base and be like, you know, what are you loving what you're doing right now? And what, what would you like to be doing differently? Um, because the more that you can support and empower your team to do what they love doing the most, the, the more, success and and kind of positive result you're going to get out of that Mm. might not be something that you can help them get to right away but you could always kind of refer back to it be like I know you really want to move into this role I'm working on it you know it might not be for another year but we're going to get you there those kinds of things I think really help yeah um kind of build team morale and make them know that they're being supported Mm. Amazing. Thank you for answering that. Awesome. Um, And Chelsea, yeah, could you tell us some new exciting things that, you know, you're doing today? What really has you feeling happy and alive today in terms of you as an individual or your business? Yeah, I mean, I think um, 
it's sometimes it's like the little things, you know, but we're, we're gearing up to move into a new office in just a couple of weeks. And it's definitely a big step up for us um, in terms of, you know, the amenities and, and kind of the elements. And I think, you know, it's, it's again, going back to team world. It's always nice to feel like, Oh wow, we've got this like really cool, sexy new conference room yeah. and things like that, you know, <laughs> fancy kitchen and just all those little things. So for yeah. me, you know, I, I'm excited about that, but also I love to decorate and design. So that's kind of a fun, a fun personal side of that, that oh, we're looking cool. forward to. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, um, that brings us on to our last question, Chelsea. Could you um, give us one amazingly inspiring piece of advice that will help the way your dream listeners achieve their goals and dreams of starting a company? Definitely. Um, I don't know if it's so amazingly inspiring, but it's a thought there. So, I'm sure uh, it will be. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, to quote Nike, just do it. But really, you know, for, for me, and I've said this, you know, over and over again, but, um, you got to just put it out there, what you want to do. I mean, you got to just talk about it, whether it's with like your best friend or your therapist or someone at the bank. Like, I, I don't know. You just got to start to say like, this is what I'm doing. Cause as soon as you start to project talking about what you want to achieve, and if you're not, you know, really open about what your goals are, people don't know how to support and how to make referrals and how to, um, you know, get involved in some way. I, I can, I can think of so many times when I've been like, you know, it's, it's all about timeliness, right? You, you talk to someone maybe that you haven't seen in a year and you're like, Oh, well, we're just starting to launch this new magazine or whatever. You become top of mind for them. They might see someone a week later and they're like, Oh, we're looking to do graphic design. And then all of a sudden a connection is made and who knows, you know, it's just like, you got to It's really hard when you're first starting out, not to like it's easy to bottle things in when you're starting out because you feel like you don't want to talk about it until it's perfect. And really like that's, I think one of the biggest deterrents to just like getting things going, you can perfect as you go along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So um, thank you so much for that, Chelsea. I'm I'm really, really enjoyed speaking to you and um, do let us know how can we get in touch with you and find out more about your business and any other projects you've got going on? Yeah, um, there's a few avenues. Our website is um, wearematblack.co. Um, my personal social networks are all at Chelsea Matthews. You can find me Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever. Um, and then we also have uh, a, a digital trend and insight publication we create called the Shapeshift Report. Um, and that's just shapeshiftreport.co. Um, so that's another kind of cool way to get in touch with what we're doing. But yeah. if you go to our website, you'll see all everything we have our hand in um, and how to contact us. But um, yeah, definitely follow along, shoot me an email, anything. I love hearing from people. Amazing. And guys, we will have that all on the show notes page at bemugirl.com. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Chelsea. I've highly enjoyed speaking to you and I hope you've enjoyed it too. I've loved it. Thank you so much, Alice. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Are you interested in starting a fashion brand? 
Well, WYD School is the new digital school for fashion entrepreneurs. Sign up to receive your free business consultation call for your new fashion startup at bemigirl.com forward slash WYD School. That's gbemigirl.com forward slash WYD School. Lego. Dreamers, thank you for being with us today on Where Your Dreams. You can find all the show notes as well as cool girl content on bemigirl.com. That's G-B-E-M-I-Girl.com. We would love you to subscribe to the show. So please click subscribe now and give us a rating and review so that we can continue to inspire and push you girlies to fulfill your dream. Don't forget to follow our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages all at Bemi Girls. But for now, girlies, remember, anything is possible. So wear your dreams. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.